0: Praise God, praise God. Once again, I'd like to welcome everyone tonight. If you are a guest, again, we are so glad to have you in our service tonight. Thank you for being with us. Those of you that may be watching online, wherever you may be, we welcome you into this service tonight. Pray that you are blessed by what takes place here as well. And we give honor to Bishop and Mother Wright tonight. In Jesus' name, praise God, and obviously it's not every year that this occasion happens on a church day, so I'd like to take advantage of it and say happy birthday to my beautiful eldest daughter who turned 19 today. Praise God. Where has it gone? Sister Joan, it is so good to see you tonight. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 42, verse number 1. Isaiah 42 and verse 1. Praise God. Word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I put my spirit upon him, he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. Verse number three is where I want to primarily draw your attention to tonight. A bruised reed shall he not break and the smoking flax shall he not quench he shall bring judgment forth uh, to truth and within that verse really the first half a bruised reed shall he not break and the smoking flax shall he not quench preached you tonight for a little while on this subject wholeness is not flawless Wholeness is not flawless. Father, thank you for your presence in this place tonight. God, I believe that we have experienced your presence in this place, and I am thankful for that. I am so thankful, God, that we have not merely come to go through the motions of religion tonight, but we have encountered and experienced your presence already. And I trust, God, that we will continue to do so Throughout the remainder of this service. Father I'm asking you and trusting you tonight God. That your spirit will speak and work in this place. God I pray again tonight that this is not simply a sermon. But that you would allow me to be a conduit through which your word can flow to deliver a message from you. I trust you for that Father. I trust you tonight for your anointing. Depend on you God. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Just, just to perhaps clarify, before we pick up with verse three, it seems to me, at least from my perspective, if you read verse one and two, and you just simply read what the, the way the King James says these two verses, it. It almost kind of has a um, sort of a, I guess, a negative tone to it, really. He says, my uh, my, my servant whom I uphold, mine elect, and whom my soul delighteth, I put my spirit upon him. And particularly the last part of the verse says, he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. That that doesn't sound really exciting. And then, then he says, he won't cry, he won't lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street and, and really... I don't know what your initial, whatever that is, but my first reading of that is kind of like, well, he's just going to kind of be uncaring, whatever, who cares kind of a thing. He's not going to cry, not going to live. But that's, as I have studied this out, that's, that's not what I understand those two verses to really mean. First of all, the, the, as best I can understand from my study, this, this, the, the last part of that first verse, he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. It's not judgment in the context of judging. It's judgment in the he shall bring forth the the, the the gospel, the law, the good news, what leads to life. And so that there is not intended to be something negative. And then verse two is is really just simply in the context that you know he's 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 not going to be some. Some loudmouth bully trying to get his way, but he's he's just going to go about just kind of, uh, sort of calmly, solemnly, if you will. And so, uh, th- th- those th- th- there is there's really a, a positive to those two verses. Again, maybe it's just me, but there seems to almost be a little bit more negative to it. And so that brings us to verse number three. Bruce read, shall he not break? And the Smoking flax, shall he not quench? I want everybody that would, you don't, obviously, free country, you don't have to, but everybody that would, I want you to repeat after me. I am broke. Not talking about your bank account. Now that you know what I'm going to have you say, would you say it again? I am broke. I would venture to say if you were basically 12 years up, in this sanctuary, you are broke. If you weren't here Thursday night, this you'd probably be thinking, what in the world is going on? If you were here Thursday night, then I'm just we're heading into some of what I said Thursday night. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. You are broke. I am broke. you might as well accept it you are i don't care how much you dress it up how much you try to hide it how much you try to pretend you're broke broke cuz i'm human i wish somehow in the uh the stupor of my sickness i guess i i i uh, i i gave in to something last year when we went to uh but if I'm not mistaken, it was actually the first service that, uh, when UMD launched their Sunday service and I went to, to preach, I think it was that very day after service, I went by the, the, uh, the store there and the stamp student, you kind of having a little bit of nostalgic moment as an alumni walking around on the campus and went down there and, and walked around and was looking throughout the store and, and, um, I, I have, I, I have uh, for several years now, I, I came, uh, for health reasons, I determined I was better off drinking one large cup of coffee in the morning than I was multiple cups. Because when I drink two cups of smaller coffee, it is a significant amount more sugar than if I will drink just one larger cup. So rather than I've always just I'm just gonna put it out there. I don't even think my wife knows this. Rather than my um now my cup's about that big. I mean it's about that big. So one size of my cup of of about moderate, moderate, not heaping. Not overflowing, moderate eight scoops of coffee, I mean sugar. Versus what would probably be 12, 14 scoops if I did several cups. So, all you black coffee drinkers, keep your black coffee to yourself. In addition to a very healthy amount of table cream or light cream, depending where you purchase it from and how it's labeled. Not half and half. That is not the same thing. Nowhere near the same thing. Definitely not powdered. And God have mercy those of you that use all those flavored creamers. What in the... We're not political. We just talk about coffee. That's all. (laughs) So I I, I don't remember what I was using, but I, I, uh, I happened to get me a new cup and it had Maryland on it and uh, really not too long after I got that cup i think somebody in the transfer from the dishwasher to the sink or something it caught the corner of the granite cabinet countertop and chipped a part of it off and so there was a nice little just to the to the side of the handle i'm right-handed so it wasn't in my way nice little crack in the cup and that was a good probably eight, nine months ago that that happened, but apparently that's been a real source of stress for some in my house, that uh, my cup is cracked and I'm using, and so um, I was purchased a new cup in the middle of my sickness, and my other one I gave in to throw it away, and I really wish I hadn't have, because long before this message, I had already had this revelation with that cup. That just because there is a chip in it and just because it's cracked doesn't mean that it can't do its job. Just because it was no longer perfect did not mean it could no longer serve its purpose. And so the the, sort of the revelation that hit me was while it was a chip cracked cup, it was still a whole cup. I don't know, maybe, maybe you thought my title was supposed to be negative and whatever, it's it's not. So just in case, we'll let you in on the secret. So if I had not have thrown it away, which I greatly regret, it would have been sitting probably right here. <laughs> because it demonstrates what I feel like the Holy Ghost has sent me to try to communicate to us tonight. You know, in, in uh, and I'm going to try to get a little... More passionate and energetic tonight than I did Thursday night, so just bear with me. I want to. I want to. I'm gonna try to get there. So we 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 base our plans, our expectations, our our, our dreams are based on our strengths, our health. And if I could use it in the context of sports, uh, particularly in professional sports, and particularly uh, even narrowing it down to the con- to the idea of a, of a of a draft, and it seems to me that um, the NFL, from my perspective, seems to be the most publicized, highly whatever draft, and NBA next, and then who cares about who gets drafted in MLB? That doesn't, it doesn't even matter because it's going to take a while to. Most of the time for anything to happen, but in, 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 uh, I, I guess maybe there's something similar, similar in the NBA that they do, but in, in the NFL they have called the combine, right? And, and guys go and, and they, and they test Various things and depending on your position and depending on what they're going to possibly draft you for they they have various challenges and things you do and and they're measuring your speed and they're measuring your strength and they're measuring your your your, your all kinds of different skills and based on how you perform is based on their expectations of you in the future and so it, you, you draft a guy with the expectation he is healthy. He's going to be able to live up to his potential. And there have been numerous guys in numerous sports that had great futures awaiting them and great expectations, but an injury interrupted that and they never became. Because in in, in, in the natural world, business and sports and other things, your future is going to be based on your wholeness. Based on you bringing to the table your full potential. Can I tell you tonight that God's plan and purpose for you and your future, He does not plan that based on your perfection and your wholeness. But in fact, God looks at what was, what is, and even what may be in your future, your brokenness. And His plan and purpose for your life is based on that. I, I think we have I think we have somehow developed this subconscious idea, and, and we we to me I, I know nobody 's got it perfect and i 'm sure others do it better and, and and whatever but we we have been very blessed as a body for decades now to to be exposed to to the ministry. Uh, of inner healing and 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 the brokenhearted being healed and spirits being made whole and and the ministry of shame that has been such a, a a prevalent part of Bishop's ministry and taking place in this church, but but I am afraid that somehow subconsciously we have got to the place what we think happens as a result of all of that is we come back to a place of being perfect, flawless. And, and so to be made whole means that the cracks, there's no more cracks anymore. There, there, there's no more chips anymore. It's all gone. And you, and, and not only gone, you never even knew it was there. But I've come, I, I don't, may, maybe, oh boy, this is not going the way I had hoped, at least so far. I think somehow we got to readjust some things, understand some things that some of what I think we are expecting or hoping God would do by the time I get done tonight, hopefully we'll get across to you, some of those things, actually, if God did them, those are some of the greatest blessings in our lives that He would then remove from us if He did that. Bruce Reed. Matt I think that's excuse me. Barnes Notes says this with regards to that phrase. The word reed means the cane or calamus which grows up in marshy or wet places. The word therefore literally denotes that which is fragile, weak, easily waved by the wind or broken down. And stands in contrast with a lofty and firm tree. What went ye out into the wilderness to see, Jesus said, or yeah, a reed shaken with the wind, the word here therefore may be applied to people who are conscious of feebleness and sin, that are moved and broken by calamity, that feel they have no strength to bear up against the ills of life. The word bruised means that which is broken or crushed, but not entirely broken off. That which is broken or crushed, but not entirely broken off. As used here, it may denote those who are in themselves naturally feeble and who have been crushed or broken down by a sense of sin, calamity, or by affliction. We speak familiarly of crushing or breaking down by trials. And the phrase here is intensive and emphatic, denoting those who are at best like a reed, feeble and fragile, and who, in addition to that, have been broken and oppressed by a sense of sins, of their sins, or by calamity. And the scripture says that he will not break the bruised reed. He says, shall not, he shall not break off. He will not carry on the work of destruction and entirely crush or break it. And the idea is that he will not make those already broken down with a sense of sin and with calamity more wretched. He will not deepen their afflictions or augment their trials or multiply their sorrows. The sense is that he will have an, an affectionate regard for the broken hearted the humble, the penitent, and the afflicted. Luther has well expressed this. He does not cast away, nor crush, nor condemn the wounded and conscious, those who are terrified in view of their sins. The weak in faith and practice, but watches over and cherishes them, makes them whole and affectionately embraces them. The expression is parallel to that which occurs in Isaiah 61 and 1. There is said of the Messiah, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted." hearted. And the declaration in Isaiah 50 and 4 where it is said that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. Obviously, the word read, the concept of the read is being used symbolically. I've heard this before in times past, perhaps you have too, and in all my studying and preparation for tonight, I can I will tell you I only found one reference that uh, that that says this, and, and I will throw it out there and, and be i don 't want i, I 'm being honest with you, so i don 't want you to think that that there is, there is all kinds of conclusive uh, whatever to this but but there is, and i 've heard this, and again, perhaps some of you have before. But, but with regards to a usage of the reed that Jesus is talking about, or that Isaiah and then Jesus quoted as well, or was quoted of Jesus. J. J Parker in uh, the biblical illustrator, it says this with regards to the bruised reed. Some say some, let's try this again. A bruised reed, say some, an instrument was meant, and there was a rift in it which spoiled the music. Jesus Christ said, we must repair this. Something must be done with this reed. It was meant for music and we must look at it with that end in view. He does not take it saying, there is a rift in the lute and the music is impossible, rend it and throw it away. He always looks to see if a man cannot be made somewhat better. The context also was that, if in fact there is application of this, the reed was a common thing. And so if you had found a reed and you had used it to form an instrument with it and, and it cracked or it broke, it was easy just to toss it aside and find another one to replace it. And so he's saying, I'm not just going to toss aside what has been cracked or broken because it's common and I can replace it. Or a bruised reed may mean that wild beasts in rushing through the water from the flood have crushed the growing plants so that they are bent, they no more stand up upright, but because, but Jesus Christ comes to heal them and to restore them. Then to the smoking flax, Barnes says this: The word used here denotes flax, and then a wick that is made of it. The word "rendered smoking" means that which is weak, small, thin, feeble then that which is just ready to go out or to be extinguished. And the phrase refers literally to the expiring wick of a lamp when the oil is almost consumed and when it shines with a feeble and a dying luster. It may denote here the condition of one who is feeble and disheartened and whose love to God seems almost ready to expire. And the promise that he will not extinguish or quench that means that he would cherish feed and cultivate it. And he would supply it with grace as the oil to cherish the dying flame and cause it to be enkindled and to rise with a high and steady brilliancy. Rather than just simply extinguishing what is about to go out and moving on and replacing it he says, I, I'm not just going to do that, but I am, I am, I'm going to rekindle. See, we, we're living in a world in which if it's broke, you don't fix it. Because in 2016, it's cheaper to replace it than it is to repair it. If something of technology breaks, most of the time you just go get another one. You just go fix, you, you don't fix it, you just go replace it. If your shoes start wearing out, you, you, you don't go to the, what's the shoe guy called? The, the cobbler and get him to re-sole them. I, I can go to, I can go to, to Payless, I can go to K&G, I can go to DSW if I actually want to pay a little bit more for some shoes. And I can get a, I can get a brand new pair of shoes for the price it'd take me to go to, to that place in the mall and get a brand new pair of soles put on my shoes. And so I will just replace rather than repair. I've come to tell somebody tonight and even if it's only one person that needs to hear me, we don't have a replacing God. We don't have a God that looks at something and says it's broke. I can just replace it. But we've got a God that says it might be a smoking flax. And there may just be a little bit of an ember there. And it might not be what it was. And it may not seem to be what it should be. But rather than just simply extinguish it. And put it out. And go ahead and do the inevitable. I'm going to stop and take the time to do what needs to be done to rekindle it and renew and to restore. The promise that He will not extinguish or quench that means He would cherish, feed, cultivate, supply it with grace as with oil to cherish the dying flame and cause it to be enkindled and to rise with a high and steady brilliancy. The whole passage is descriptive of the Redeemer who nourishes the most feeble piety in the hearts of his people, and who will not suffer true religion in the soul ever to become wholly extinct. It may seem as if the slightest breath of misfortune or opposition would extinguish it forever. It may be like the dying flame that hangs on on the point of the wick, but if there be true religion, it will not be extinguished, but will be enkindled to a pure and glowing flame, and it will rise and it, Will yet rise high and burn bright. A bruised reed will he not just go ahead and break and discard and decide it's it's gonna happen anyway. You might as well go ahead and do it. The smoking flax that's about to go out, he's not just going to go ahead and extinguish it and let's just be done with it, but he is going to take the time to nurture and renew. I've come to tell somebody tonight, not If you're a guest, I hope this matters and means something and God can touch you. But as I said on Thursday night, and I will restate tonight, I've come tonight to preach to some church folks that come here all the time that there is a there is an encounter that God is interested in having with some of you because you're kind of like that smoking flax, and some of you are kind of like that broken reed. And I think some of you are to a point you think God's just about to decide, finish it. Put it out, but through the prophet he said, "That's not what I do. It's not the way I work." I, again, I and forgive me for just using sports, but it's easy and. You can apply it to other things, but sports, we watch it in sports all the time. If you're a sports fan, follow any kind of sports, a guy starts getting towards the end of his career, and it becomes a huge thing. When's he going to go, or when are they just going to get rid of him? When are they going to cut him? What are they, Peyton Manning spends an entire career in in, in Indianapolis, and he's winding down. You'd almost would think they kind of owe it to him just to pay him and keep him, but but you're looking for wholeness, strength, and ability, and so you move on. I'm afraid that somehow there's a bunch of us living under the pressure of trying to maintain our strength and stature and ability because if somehow we reveal our weakness, if somehow we face and reveal our weakness, God is going to recognize our weakness and that's going to disqualify us from the future that He has for us. If I somehow take my armor off and let down my guard and I let somebody really realize I'm not as strong as I'm appearing to be, I guess I'm just going to go ahead and I'm already in it, so I'm just going to go ahead and preach whether you get with me or not. I've said it. I've preached it before. You come back in the future, I'll probably preach it again. We need. There are times we need to come to church when all hell is breaking loose in our life. And we need with everything we've got to get down to the altar and act like everything is fine. And I don't mean act like from a sense of hypocrisy, but I mean act like in this context. David said, I got to looking at the prosperity of the wicked, and when I got to looking at all of that, it started to be too much for me. And I, my steps had almost slipped, and, and, and I got to looking at, at, at how life went for them versus how life went for me. And, and it was just too much. But he said, when I got into the sanctuary, when I got into the presence of God, I then understood their end. And my perspective changed. And my attitude and my feelings about things changed. And so there are some times in which you and I need to come in here. And life's not going good. And things aren't going well. And we need to somehow put our praise on. We, we need to somehow press through the flesh. and the the feelings and the emotions and connect because if I can get it, His presence. but Then there's sometimes I just got to take off the facade and be real and say, I know what you're seeing on the outside but it's not what's going on on the inside. On the inside, it's a broken reed, a bruised reed and on the inside, it's a smoking flax and I'm a little bit concerned that if I'm really honest and transparent with him, even though he already knows. It, but if I'm really honest and truthful with him, then like the bruised reed, you might as well just break it and discard it. You might as well go ahead and cast it aside and be done with it. And Like the smoking flax, rather than allowing it to just continue to smoke and just put it out, be done with it. He says, that's not what I've come to do. and That's not how I've come to work. Matthew Henry says this. He says, he will not break the bruised reed, but will strengthen it, that it may become a cedar in the courts of our God. He will not quench the smoking flax, but blow it up into a flame. He won't simply discard and replace, but he will renew and repair and restore. I, my, uh, I guess it's not just the preacher's kids that always get used and told on. It's also the preacher's wife. So, Angie had a uncle that passed away this week. Her mother's youngest brother, 54. 53 years old, she made a statement in one of our conversations about all of it, how that, just in a moment, all of the things that just came back flooding and overwhelming from her past. I'm going to say it again, I'm... I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or whatever else, and I'm not a—I'm not into it. <laughs> new age thinking, and I'm not so. So please don't write me off. Hopefully, all of you, most of you, know me enough. I'm a think—I think I'm a fairly level-headed guy. <laughs> I believe—I believe in 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 everything I refer. I believe in healing and inner healing and. Believe in all of that, but I, I'm am just telling you I I feel like we have subconsciously developed some inaccurate expectations. You 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 do not I I, I this is I, I i this is somewhere in the future possibly. Maybe, so if I end up actually doing it and using it, just act like it's the first you've ever heard or seen. But. But but I, I thought about uh, the 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 idea of uh, if you got a you got a piece of lumber, brother Whaley, and you've got one of them big old framing hammers. Every time you hit that lumber, you leave a mark that doesn't go away. I think there's some folks. I'm I'm gonna jump around here. I think there's some there's a few of you folks that are actually way more healed than you realize, but the the bottom line is that the the impact of the blow never leaves. I need to breathe deep a couple times, at least I'll feel like I'm preaching instead of just talking. It doesn't go. And I think every now and then we, we come back across some of those blows that we've encountered. And because we see them, we all of a sudden start replaying and thinking, I guess I'm, I guess I haven't moved. I guess I'm not. I guess it. wholeness is not flawless. God making you whole does not mean God removes every mark, every chip. Every crack from the past. Therefore, I, I am not required to sit around and wait for God to fix all of it. To finally think I am now prepared and qualified for God to really do something in and through my life. So, let, let me, maybe this will help explain second corinthians chapter 12 verse number 7 paul says this lest i should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of satan to buffet me lest i should be exalted above measure For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. If you read some other translations, that it says, I begged. For this thing I begged, that God would take it away from me. And He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect, In weakness. I know most of you know this verse. I know it's very familiar to you. But please don't miss what the Lord might want to say to you tonight. Because of the familiarity of the verse. My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect. Where? His strength is made perfect in weakness. Go back to what I said at the beginning. We are trying to sell God on our strengths. We are trying to get God to engage us for a future plan in Him based on our strengths. The problem is God's strength and my strength cannot exist in the same place. If I am doing something or God is using me to do where I am strong, that means His strength is not present. he's not going to be strong where I'm strong. He says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Verse number eight, Paul says, I had a thorn in the flesh. And for this thing, I begged God. Again, I, I don't know. I used to say I have wasn't sure of the word and I made sure today I looked it up, but so now I know the definition and even at that there's still not a, I mean the definition's there, but, but, but so if you would permit me, when, when I, when I read that verse and then when I read the word beg, I, I, I don't, I don't picture Paul just simply saying, uh, God, if you don't mind, I really would appreciate it if you'd just kind of change this. I, I, I imagine, and I realize it's just my imagination, but I, I picture Paul very passionately begging God. Begging God, fix this, change this. He says, for this thing I besought three times. But watch now what he says in verse 9. What I beg God to take away, I now will gladly there, now most gladly therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, therefore, Because his strength is made perfect in weakness. I take pleasure. In infirmities. In reproaches. In necessities. In persecutions. In distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak. Then. When I am bruised, when I am smoking, like a lamp going out, not like a thing on a stick, that is when He is made strong. That is when He most manifests. Who he is. The New Living Translation says. Verse 9. Each time he said. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Wholeness is not me getting everything fixed and perfected. Wholeness is recognizing that in the midst of some of my cracks and chips and flaws. Oh, hallelujah. In the midst of that, He manifests His strength. In the midst of that, He demonstrates who He is. Not after I can prove to Him, Okay, God, we got it all fixed. We got it all worked out. And now, okay, I can do some. No, no, no. Paul said it like this. For we have this treasure. In earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Can, can I I'll go back to what I said at the beginning? Had you to say, whether you believed or not, most of you cooperate, and I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I am broke. You are broke. Can I tell you what I've come to 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 realize the last couple of years in my life, more than ever before, it's a little bit of a challenge when when you've never been through some of the things everybody else goes through. In the sense, uh, there's a bunch of you, you've got so much stuff happening in your life, it's obvious you're broke. What you've had to deal with, what you've gone through, the circumstances and situations, of course you're broke. Abuse, divorce, etc., tragedy, but then there's some like me, and I'm not the only one here, there's some like me, raised in a great home, great parents, wonderful family, been a part of church, raised in all of this, never been physically abused, never been sexually abused, none of those things, and, and 44 years old, first time ever really had any kind of health issues, and, and that not even that big of a deal, it's all going to be okay, going to be fine, wonderful, awesome, lovely, fantastic wife, just she, you know, that song about Jesus keeps getting better and better. That's, that's how it works with her. She is more amazing now than she ever was before. And four just incredibly wonderful kids. And I've sat around, they don't know this, but I've sat around the last two and a half weeks in the house and just my, uh, my, uh, my, uh, sentimental barometer that's already really high is just like really gone through the roof the last couple of weeks. And, I've tried to hide that and not let anybody know that that's what's going on inside because I'm already a sentimental fool as it is. But I honestly, I've sat in my house and I've watched my kids and the stuff that's going on and the way they've treated me and taken care of me and, and just in amazement at how blessed and how fortunate I am and, 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 and so. But I gotta tell you, I've realized the last couple of years I'm broke. I'm broke. Because God's design is for all of us to be broke. And to never get to a point where we are unbroken, don't need him. Because when I reach the point of being unbroken, don't need him. There is no strength that gets manifested in me. And it all becomes about me. Paul says... If your strength is going to be manifested in my weakness, I'm going to stop fighting what shows me I'm weak. I'm going to stop trying to get out from under and away from what lets me know that I'm weak. And I'm going to embrace it. Because if that's where your power and your strength is manifested, I want those things in my life that are going to remind me and demonstrate to me that in my weakness, you are strong. Weasts, I love this. It's a little bit wordy, so you have to bear with me. I wish I could have it on the screen, made it a little easier to follow along, but it is so powerful. Weast New, New Testament translation says it this way: "And he has said to me, and his declaration still stands. My grace is enough for you. I got to. I got to tell you. I, I got to tell you. I." I I struggle, and maybe you don't, I got a feeling some of you do, some of you may not, but I I, I gotta tell you, I, I struggle, I struggle, I struggle trying to understand a God who has the power and the ability with a word with just a word to heal. I am a firm believer that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am a firm believer beyond just just salvation, that what Peter said in Acts 2 and 39 that the promise is unto you and to your children and those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I am a firm believer, not just with tongues and, and salvation, but I believe that that also applies that the same miraculous God that worked in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and worked in the book of Acts is the same miraculous God in 2016. I believe, I believe because the Bible says it. I also believe because we've had testimonies in this church of it that God is a healer. Maybe. Sister Owens, I, I, I think you and I, I I'm assuming my, you and I might be on the same page here. If not, and you can just lay hands and pray for me. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll work on that. But I I... I There was was no doubt in my mind, first of all, that God could provide Dennis a new liver, but there was no doubt in my mind God didn't need to provide Dennis a new liver from, from a donor that God could have given Dennis a new liver. I know many prayed. There were times I went and prayed, and I believed, I expected. Maybe you got it all figured out. I don't always fact let me rephrase that. I don't not I don't always meaning there are times I do and actually there's not. I don't understand God's ways. I don't understand why the good die and the evil live. I don't get all of that. What I do get and I'm trying to get is that there is grace. That is enough. Our challenge, our struggle, is when we pray to accept God's answer. I, I know there are those. I, I, have, I have some friends. I have, I have people I consider friends that I am pretty sure will disagree with what I'm about to say. In some instances, I do believe that when you pray for somebody, and if you add on to that prayer, if it's your will, you're expressing doubt. That it could be, you know what, God, I'm asking you to do this, if it's your will. Meaning, if you don't do it, my explanation, my rationalization will be, it wasn't your will. But I kind of fall on a different side of that. That is, God, I'm asking you and believing you to do this. And if you choose not to, because you're the sovereign God that is working everything together according to your will and purpose, and you choose not to do what I know and believe you can do, then I'm then going to be willing to accept that your answer is grace. Can I tell somebody tonight that God's answer of grace is just as a legitimate of an answer as God's answer of a miraculous healing? And if God chooses to infuse you with grace rather than infuse you with a miracle, He has not failed you. He has not let you down. He is not any less God than He was if He would have performed the miracle. My grace is enough for you. Here it is. Listen, listen, listen. For power is moment by moment coming to its full energy and complete operation in the sphere of weakness. I guess it was too wordy because your response says, so let's try it one more time. My power is moment by moment. Moment by moment, we want God to give it all in advance so we know it's there. But he says, moment by moment, it's coming to its full energy and complete operation in the sphere of weakness. Meaning, I am going to meet you right in the middle of where you are. It's not a matter of when you get through it, and you now perceive yourself as to be strong again, that my power shows up. My power is actually showing up in the middle of your weakness. Therefore, most gladly will I the rather boast in my weakness in order that the power of the Christ, like the Shekinah glory in the Holy of Holies of the Tent of Meeting, may take up its residence in me, working within me and giving me help. Listen, if you would, please, to Adam Clark's commentary with regards to that the power of Christ May rest upon me. He says this. Again, let me read the verse to you again. He said unto me, My grace is sufficient, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He says this, that it may overshadow me as a tent or tabernacle, affording me shelter, protection, safety, and rest. This expression is like that in John 1.14, and the Word was made flesh, and made His tabernacle among us, full of grace and truth. The same eternal Word promised to make His tabernacle with the apostles, and gives him a proof that he was still the same, full of grace and truth, by assuring him that his grace should be sufficient for him. Paul, knowing that the promise of grace could not fail because of the divine truth, says, most gladly, therefore, will, will I rather glory in my afflictions that such a power of Christ may overshadow and defend. when we seek for God to remove our weaknesses and fix all of our weaknesses and restore all of our strength, we are seeking for God to remove the very thing that causes Him to tabernacle over us. When I try to get God to remove all of my weakness and replace it with strength, I am asking God to remove the very thing I'm not talking about sin tonight. I'm preaching to you about sin, you know that I'm not talking about sin. When it comes to my 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 weaknesses and my inabilities and and and, and my struggles to be and to do and to become and and, and those things about me that that just seem to be flawed, and uh, I just can't seem to get over. And some of those, I I have I have I, 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 I honestly I, I years ago it's been a long time, but I, I I prayed I prayed for God to change my personality. I asked God to change my person, make me this this just outgoing, bubbly extrovert. Transform me. I mean, it seems to me, seems to be, I would be a much more effective, I could be a much more effective pastor if I was an extrovert. Hey, man, how you doing? we got so good, just, you know, 90, my mouth running, my, 90 miles an hour. Mr. Personality, just, you know. My mind says, I got a lot of reasons why. I've actually seen some that are like that and they look pretty successful to me. It, it doesn't... It, I, I am... I, I am my, my wife and I, are, God is so amazing at how smart He is. We, we are such an absolute perfect pair because we complement each other so well. We, we make I, I like, I, I just, I love when we, you know, different functions. I, I just, I'm content to go off at a, at a funeral repast or a wedding reception or whatever. I'm just happy to find myself a spot over in the corner and just sit. I'll sit there all day. I'm good. I'll just sit there. She just moves around and connects with people. I, in a lot of ways, I think I, I ought to be her. Because if I could be more like her, I'd have some strengths. And I wouldn't have to be so reliant on his strength and my weakness. But then the problem becomes, you kind of hard to know who's at work. Who's doing something? Who's being effective? <laughs> am I being effective because I'm operating in my strengths and something's happening? Or am I being more effective because I realize I've got some weaknesses? And rather than him changing my strengths into weaknesses, my job is not to... I, I don't, maybe I'm the only one here tonight that's lived under this pressure of trying to change my weaknesses into strengths. Rather than just realizing my job is not to become strong where I'm weak. I have one job and that is where I am weak to just simply allow. Because he said my grace, my grace is sufficient and my strength is made perfect in in." in the weakness. Can I say it and rephrase it to say it with what I said earlier? My strength is made perfect in the brokenness. My strength is made perfect in the brokenness. Therefore will I rejoice. Stop resenting. Stop being bitter and frustrated. Stop beseeching you, God, to take it out. I'm now going to accept and embrace what it is you have allowed to be there as the the means by which you can manifest your strength. Mr. Trish, come please. A bruised, a bruised reed will really not break in the smoking flax. It won't just quench. But we'll use those opportunities, use those moments as the way to be able to manifest my strength in your weakness. The opportunity to be able to show, you know, we we have this, I'm sure it's in both genders, both boys and girls, I'm sure it's there, it's it's just kind of different based on the way we're wired there there seems to be a, something about boys especially there there is this there is this drive to prove especially to your father there's this drive to prove there's this drive to demonstrate your ability and your independence there's this There's there's within the heart of every man, of every boy, there's this desire to make your Father proud. Oftentimes, that's where some of the brokenness comes because some never get that and feel it lacking. And the bottom line is it's all supposed to ultimately come from the Heavenly Father, not an earthly Father anyway. We are so... Conditioned, and I guess in some ways it's a part of our human nature. We spend our entire lives, it seems, trying to prove. I've got to prove I'm strong. I got to prove I can do it. If we're not careful, part of our involvement in ministry, part of the drive we have for ministry, is proving do this. I'm strong. I got it. When in fact, one of God's ultimate goals is not for me to prove my strength, but ultimately, it's to embrace my weakness. It's to accept the fact I'm broke. You know what? He may patch up some cracks. He may glue, Brother Well, you've Seen some of your handiwork? What you can do with some glue and putting broken things back together. You know what? What really is amazing? What's what's really amazing about super glue and a coffee cup that breaks, as long as it's not too many pieces. You know, if it's just a couple of larger pieces, you can get some super glue out and and you can you can glue that that glass, that cup back together, and, and, and it can function as it functioned before. And from a distance, from a distance, you see that glass, You that cup, you have no idea that it's got cracks. And then when you take that close-up look and you see the cracks in it, And then you realize there's cracks. You know, rather than that becoming a negative thing, it actually becomes a pretty intriguing thing. That in spite of the flaws, oh, I I don't know if I'm making sense or not, I'm getting a lot of blanks, blanks there. In spite of the flaws, it can still fully function. I think I preached to some people tonight that are concerned that you can never fully function in your purpose and place in the kingdom because you've been glued back together. Because you've been glued back together, you are now disqualified, but I've come to tell you, God's got some pretty amazing superglue. In fact, in fact, I, I think when God glues something back together, it actually is now stronger than it was before. Because before it was broken, it was you that held it together. But when He glues you back together, He becomes the bond that now holds you and keeps you together. So therefore... I choose to rejoice in my infirmities that the glory and the power of God may rest. When I'm weak, when I'm weak, anybody willing, to confess tonight, Brother Wright, I'm I'm weak. I'm weak. Excuse the grammar. Ain't no use trying to hide. No use trying to fuss about it. Ain't no use trying to ignore it. i I I am weak. I am weak. I am broke. Therefore I become the perfect candidate for His power and His strength to be made perfect in. Would you close your eyes, please? I do believe. I do believe that the Holy Ghost is talking and trying to minister to some folks right now. I think God would like to help some folks We kind of change some thinking tonight change some expectations. I'm no longer waiting on this day where I am whole and there's no flaws. I'm no longer sitting in anticipation of some day where God suddenly brings wholeness and flawlessness, but going to accept the fact that God has will can make me whole but doesn't mean I'm perfect but in my condition his strength can be made perfect his power can be manifested with eyes closed and heads bowed if you would please if nothing else out of respect for those around you as you're doing that I think there's some folks that you need to get up out of your seat right now and you need to make your way down to this altar. You need to embrace some weakness tonight. You need to embrace some weakness because in embracing your weakness, what you're also doing is providing the opportunity for His power and strength to be manifested in you grace that is sufficient to be imparted to you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I pray right now, Father, for the transformation of some minds in this place. God, for a realigning of our thought processes. Not a not an aligning of our thought processes to to those things we have sort of concocted in our in our minds, but our our thought processes, our expectations, God, being brought into alignment with Your Word, God. There's some folks tonight I believe that have lived under the pressure of trying to be strong and. Reach strength when in fact, God, you're just wanting us to accept the weakness because in that weakness is the very place that you are made strong. I thank you tonight, Father, that the bruised reed that may have such little value and be so easily replaced that the kind of God you are, you do not just simply finish it off and break it and cast it aside but with care and compassion. That which may seem to have no value, you work to preserve, to protect, to restore. That smoking flax, God, that could be so easily just quenched and tossed aside and replaced with new and a new flame and a new wick. You don't just discard, but again, with care and compassion and love, you rekindle and renew God I pray for somebody in this place tonight that feels like that smoking flax and feels like it's inevitable God that the final extinguishing is just going to come at some point sooner or later and so it might as well come sooner rather than later but God you're here you're here right now you're here tonight It may not be fully rekindled and renewed tonight all at once, but God, You've come to this place, in this service, to begin that process. In the name of Jesus, if you don't need to pray for yourself, if you don't need to respond for yourself, I ask you to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now. Perhaps God would use you to minister to somebody else. God's not talking to you tonight. Would you please be open to God using you tonight? I may have some things that perceive to be flaws. I may have some chips. I may have some cracks. But I'm still home. may be some things about me that would cause you to say I'm damaged. There may be some things about me that make me seem to be damaged, but in spite of what you see, I'm I'm whole. I'm embracing my weakness because in my weakness is the very place that He can be made strong. My infirmities, my calamities, my distresses, the very things that I have so hot, fought so hard and prayed so hard for God to remove, the very things I have besought God to take out of my life, I'm going to now accept that those are some of my greatest blessings because that's the very place God is in. Most able to manifest His strength in me. In the name of Jesus. 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 I accept tonight God I accept that the goal is not perfection I accept tonight that the goal is not flawlessness. I accept, God, that the goal is accepting my wholeness even in the midst of my flaws. My goal is accepting your strength being manifested in my weakness. I will rejoice in those things that cause you to tabernacle over me. I will choose to rejoice in those things that cause your presence to hover upon me. I will accept as blessings those things that I have viewed for a while as curses. Things that I have viewed to be punishment or curses in my life, I... I will now understand that there's some of my greatest blessings because those are the means by which you have allowed me to experience your strength. If I had not had those weaknesses, I would not have been able to experience your strength. Thank you. Thank you for risking... My reaction to a decision of giving grace rather than giving what I wanted. Being willing to do what I needed most. Thank you for it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you he carries'll carry us you'll carry, carry, carry us won't abandon us won't discard us won't reject us won't leave us'll carry us'll carry, us. carry us thank you for grace that is being revealed moment by moment in my life. Thank you for strength made perfect in my weakness. Thank you for grace. Thank you for grace.